When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcast today. We're diving deep into the one major change that could be coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers offense after the bye week and a possible offensive coordinator on the market that I'm very excited about. I don't know if everybody else is very excited about it, but we'll talk about it all and how the Steelers plan to replace Chase Claypool. But first, it's a beautiful day out here. I can't get my fingers right. I have, They were right for a whole year. The yeah, last two episodes, right. I, just, I just don't know what's going on here. Um, but but how you feel, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling good. Um, it's cold. It's cold. Like you is look outside cold? the window. It's, it, it is. Yeah, it is. It is cold. It is deceptively sunny outside. Um, wow. I don't. I don't mind actually. I don't mind. I, I would like rather freeze my ass off with the sun out than, you know, than have it just be oh, cloudy yeah. all the time. I'd rather it look yeah, nice. Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, be did nice. you see the eclipse this morning? There's an eclipse this morning? There was an eclipse this morning. It was sick, actually. It happened at like 5.30. Oh, I I can imagine. Yeah, I think I know why I didn't see it then. Yeah, yeah. Most people didn't see it. I actually, so I'm always up at 5 a.m. And my brother texted me. He was going to work. And he's like, yo, check out the moon. So I went outside and the whole sky was red, which was sick. But when I went outside, you, the moon was supposed to be red. It wasn't red because there's so many lights in the city, but it looked mm-hmm. like it was like a ping pong ball just sitting in my neighbor's backyard. Okay. It was awesome. Clear as day that, that it, you could watch like the sun, like go, you could watch like the sun just start to fade away behind mm-hmm. the, the moon. It, it was, it was pretty sick. It was the first time I've ever seen something like that because, yeah. you know, like normal people until this past year, I didn't wake up at 5am. So mm-hmm. You know, I did. We'll I did see an eclipse. I, I saw an eclipse in Oregon once when I was in high school. Yeah, that was like, but that was like during the day. That was a much more convenient time to go see uh, an eclipse. Although it was a yeah, pain that's... in the ass. It was a pain in the ass getting out to go see. Like I, I was staying in Portland with my with my family, and just getting out to like you got you got to go out in like the boonies or whatever to actually like see it to get into like the band or whatever it was. That was a pain yeah. in the ass. There was so much traffic. Everyone was doing the same thing, but. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a good time. I can imagine. It was pretty sick. I, I would never ever like uh, maybe, 
but I'd like it wouldn't be like the boonies where everybody else is going to the boonies. Like if I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I know this lunar eclipse spot, I would never go there. I'd go to somewhere. I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's cool. But I'm just going to go to the top of this mountain away from yeah. everybody else. And I would tell everybody else about, yeah, tell everyone else about the lunar eclipse spot. And then I would go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, hey, go check this place out. And then I'd go some definitely definitely go somewhere else but it was cool like it was i'm a moon guy so it was uh you're a, moon it was a good guy. time oh okay. big moon guy i got the moon on the uh the chain here the moon the the sun and the star i'm a big weird energy guy my house is filled with crystals i will probably lose some oh, yeah. fans for this one it wasn't me it was uh you know how, like everybody makes fun of crystal girls well my soon-to-be wife is a crystal girl all our friends are crystal girls i, I, so, I would never i would never I got into it. I got into it. I, I did. I When we first started dating, it was awful. I would be like, yeah, yeah, I don't think this is a, like, this is weird. She says she's a witch. <laughs> it's it's a little creepy, man. Um, she's into ghosts and stuff. I'll tell you the whole story one time when uh, we won't scare all of our readers away or all of our viewers away. But if you are into that stuff, you know, hit me up because I'm always down maybe to talk to another, crystals too. Maybe there's another podcast in the near future that you and Jillian got to start together. Yeah, just talking about all the oh, we got stories. We got so I got ghost stories. The the first time we're getting way off topic here, but the first time, <laughs> the first time that like the third time we ever went on a date or hung out or whatever, we're driving and she starts telling me about this creepy chest in her house that has this like writing, these drawings in it from her grandmother, who like her grandmother is dealing with stuff and like she she's like you know she's got like dementia so. You know, it, it, she wasn't able to like tell you the story or whatever. How they found out about it was her sister did like some crazy like yoga experience and like saw her grandmother and spoke to her about these little women that were drawn in there. And like when I tell you, it's not like, oh, this is a nice painting. It's like demons in beds and stuff. Like, it's <laughs> terrible, you know, terrible. And then she, the first time she ever, we ever, like she ever stayed at my house um we wake up in the middle of the night and she's like dude i had a dream last night that the walls were shaking and this guy was talking to me and we were here like in the bedroom and i was like that's crazy and she's like the only other time i've had that is when i was a little kid and i was like why would you tell me this like why would you why would you do this it would be me? so much more comforting if she had those dreams like every night if they all the time all the time yeah. And there's a million so other stories like this. The ghosts have never stopped mm-hmm. ever. They've just gotten progressively worse, but I've just learned to just be like, whatever, like, you know, what are you going to do? Kill me. I don't care. Like, it's better than this. It's better. This, this is better than dying is better than what you're doing. If to me they right want to kill me. So. If they want to kill me, there's not much I can do about it. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, what am I gonna, oh God, like I'm going to fight off a ghost. No, never, never. So now that we said that the house is definitely going to tumble down or something as we're recording this podcast. So just make sure that you publish it. Everybody watching. I hope you enjoyed that six minutes and 15 seconds of Crystal Witch ghost talk. Ghost talk. That was good. That was the best way to start, to start off fall season. It's November. The Steelers are a spooky team. So let's talk about the offense. That was a good. Was, thank you. Was, uh, Najee Harris has struggled this season mightily dealing with two foot injuries. A Liz Frank sprain in training camp missed all of training camp pretty much then suffered another foot injury in week one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Says he's 100% healthy, says he's ready to go. I don't know if I believe that. Mike Tomlin said today that Jalen Warren 
he didn't say that he has an opportunity or any of this. He said when he was evaluating what could change in the offense, the distribution of running backs was part of that. And that Jalen Warren has made some electric plays. And then he said that maybe Jalen Warren will carve out the story for himself, the storyline for himself, that he is a feature back. Did you take that as the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to see if Jalen Warren is an RB1 in the near future? 100%. Um, 100%. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about RB1, but they're like definitely going to give him a much more serious look this week. This week. Um, oh, yeah. If for no other reason, then like the beginning of this like line of questioning and answering with Tomlin at his press conference today, it began with someone asking, is Najee still hampered by these injuries? And look, Najee has said one thing. Najee said, I'm I'm not that I'm that these are in the past. I'm not dealing with them. And then Mike Tomlin comes out and says, I don't know. Like, you'll have to ask him like it, you know, like it wasn't. And it feel that feels like something. If Mike Tomlin knew one way or the other, if he felt one way or the other, and if he if the way he felt was in line with how Najee felt, he would have said that. Like that wouldn't have been something that he would have danced around, but he did dance around it. And the other thing is, you know, you pointed out that quote. You know, it was a classic like Mike Tomlin. You know, oh maybe he will have an opportunity. Maybe he will. You know, it, it felt like a very direct. I think the quote was maybe he'll write that script for himself and. Yep. That like that that seemed very clear to me that that Jalen Warren is going to have a chance to do this, and it's up to him now. It's in his hands. Like they are going to give him the opportunity, and it's it's on him now whether or not he's going to make the plays necessary to to live up to that role that I, I think he wants to be in, and that the Steelers kind of hope he could be in. I guess. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I look at this as a. Just like you said, Tomlin is usually very cut you off, not going to give you much if you ask a question that is a no. You know, like he he might not say no. A lot of times he will say no, but he might not say directly no, but he'll he'll shut you down without, you know, humiliating a player. In this aspect, he said, just like you said, you know, he left it open to, yeah, no, he could he could do that. I think the fact that he said you know, he does have, he could write that script, could, means that they're going to at least, like you said, give him an opportunity. I think the big question is how big of an opportunity, because we've seen this before. You know, we've seen the Jalen Warren's going to get a bunch of snaps, and then he walks away with two rushes on back-to-back weeks, you know? So is this a real opportunity for him to actually get 10-plus touches in a game and see if he could actually carve out a role for himself. And on the, the same side as that, you know, what if Najee Harris comes out here and the first four rushes of the game bursts out 40 yards? You can't shut him down at that point. So what is mm-hmm. what is the dynamic, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you're Mike Tomlin, what is your dynamic of, okay, we have to understand that the sta- the Saints are not a good football team, so we have to take everything that happens in this game with a grain of salt, we don't want to shut down Najee while he's rolling. If just hypothetically, if Najee comes out booming, but we still have to let Jalen have some sort of opportunity because he has earned that opportunity. Well, I think what this comes down to is that you're you're not going to have a big drop off from like 
let's say Najee does, you know, rip off 10 yards per carry on his first four four rushes. Right now, Jalen Warren's averaging like I I looked up these stats like uh, you know just a few minutes ago. I believe it's like seven and a half. It's close to seven and a half yards per rush. Like yeah, it's eight point eight point three in his last game. Yeah, eight point three. Like it's it's that's that's what Jalen Warren is doing. Like what we're describing this hypothetical situation where Najee Harris is completely blowing us away right away, and it's just the same thing that Jalen Warren's doing. Or been doing. True. And and there is some there is some context to that. Like Jalen Warren's gone in towards the end of games. That's when he's gotten a lot of carries, like especially in that Eagles game. You know, when Jalen Warren's in there, you're not keying on him as much as you are on Najee Harris. Like there's all that context that you got to take into account. But it, he's running behind the same offensive line, same offense against you know, the same teams. It, it's I, I just don't I, I you know, Mike Tomlin said like we'll never say that he's looking towards the future and is going to put, you know, prioritize giving young guys reps, especially at this, at this point in the season where the Steelers are, but like you, you can, you can give Jalen Warren a chance and you can give this young guy a look without, I think losing a whole lot in terms of your competitiveness and trying to win and, and trying to be productive on offense. Do you worry about Najee Harris's confidence at that point? Because if you make that change, like if you make a drastic change, you somewhat have to commit to it. Like if if Jalen's getting 15 snaps or 15 rushes a game and Najee's getting eight for three games in a row, like you you can't just at one point say, oh, never mind, Jalen's not it anymore. We're going to go back to Najee. Unless Jalen stinks. Like if Jalen's not good, then you're going back to Najee. But how big of a risk is that if Jalen st- stinks six games from now, and then at that point, you're, you've already just crushed Najee's head confidence. He is just not in a good headspace whatsoever. And now you're going to toss him back out there for a round two. Or do you look at that and just say, well, he's an NFL running back. You know, his competitive nature, he's a first round pick, should say, well, I get a second opportunity to prove myself. And you don't really worry about that. Yeah, I, I was, I'm not very worried about that. Um, like, First of all, Najee's a competitive guy, and I don't think he will ever kind of shrink like that, like shrink in that in that sense. Um, yeah. I also think the Steelers can handle this. You know, they, they don't need to handle it that delicately. Um, and, and that's, you know, in that kind of same vein, like Najee's a big boy. He can handle himself. Like he's a grown, he's a grown man. He's in the NFL. He's been productive in the NFL too. It's not like this is a – it's not like you you have – it's not like this is Najee's first year and this is all that he's done in the NFL is what he's done this year. Like there is a track, there's a proven track record of Najee Harris being not just a productive back, but being a back that can like really carry an offense. Um, so like he has something to fall back on, but then also the Steelers can say, look, this is, this is where we're at right now. You are, you are a franchise cornerstone. We drafted you in the first round for a reason. Take it easy. You know, mm-hmm. like, Get fully healthy or rest. Let's put some. Let's put some. Let, let's uh, you know prevent some wear from some wear and tear that comes naturally from just running that much. And let's take another run at it next year. Like we're two and six right now. Like let's let's just all be honest about where where this team is at. Um, I don't think they. I don't think this is all or nothing. As look, if we don't if we don't let Najee do his thing for the whole year, if we don't run him into the ground, he's going to think that we don't have confidence in him. You, you know, and you also got to weigh like if a season keeps going like this at this rate, 
how is that going to affect his confidence? You know, how is having a, yeah. a, a subpar season by his standards going to affect that? Affect that? Yeah, he's. Uh, I could say that he's not. You know, he's not the same Najee that started the season when it comes to at least talking to him. Um, but nobody ever is when you're two and six. And I, I, I agree with you to a point. Like Najee is a big boy. He should be able to handle himself. He should be professional enough to be able to take a benching and. You know, and like it's not like he, they'd shut him down completely, but to take limited reps and understand that he's not getting, you know, replaced necessarily. Like he, he still has a role because even if they did, like, even if Jalen Warren came in here and proved, like, yo, I'm a starting NFL running back, I am a superstar in the making, I'm about to take over this league. Najee Harris is a first round pick. Like, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, it's over. You know, we're going to go one running back and it's going to be Jalen Warren and Najee Harris is done. He's always going to have a role on the Steelers until his time mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh is is over. So I agree with that one. But at the same time, like, it, at the, I think it, it would take a little bit of a toll in the fact that, or in the sense that, you know, he did, he did get his reps taken away. He is a first round pick. It is, you know, a blow to, uh, I was on this upward trajectory and now I'm, you know, behind an undrafted guy. And I don't, I don't think he would have any hard feelings towards Jalen, obviously, but I, I think it would be, it would be a hit on his, on his confidence, but it wouldn't like, it wouldn't weigh his confidence down. Just it would, but it would probably piss him off. Like he'd probably get, he'd, he wouldn't handle it with a smile. You know what I'm saying? Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't be like, oh, all right, cool. Like sounds good. And I also don't think that anybody in Pittsburgh right now at least, and especially if you win against New Orleans, is going to be able to look at the situation and say, oh, well, our season is as over as me and you see it, you know, because like we see it as, yeah, they're probably going to beat New Orleans, but they, they're still not going anywhere this year. You know, everybody in the locker room, you beat the Saints and you're like, all right, guys, we're three and six, like this season's wide open. And you're yeah. just like, no, it's really not, you know, so like it's a different, it's a different look from inside the locker room. But I don't know. Like I, I agree with you. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it too much. But it definitely, I think it definitely would take a little bit of a toll. But that being said, like it doesn't matter. You know, like Najee's not a guy that has played well enough for me to care about that toll. And Jalen right. has played well enough that you do. And it, like, it'd be one thing if Najee was like, oh, okay, well, he's on the verge of being good, but he just hasn't been able to get it to click. Like he hasn't been on that verge. He's looked really bad pretty much every single time he's touched the football and we're 10 weeks into the season. So at this point, you just got to give up on any hope. And if he surprises you, cool. If not, you don't have any expectations at this point. So I agree with that. I think it's tough. I think it's tough. Do you see a snap count? Do you have a snap count and vision for this week? Do you think this is the week that things get a little lopsided? Um, well, you know, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. I, I feel like it will be kind of a ride the hot hand kind of situation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you maybe you don't start Jalen. Maybe you start Najee and just kind of maybe you like give you, give either of them a series and just see who's who's cooking that day. Um, if I had to take a take a stab at it, I I feel like Jalen's gonna get it's gonna be a sixty forty or a sixty five thirty five type of thing. Um, yeah. I feel the same way. I think it's like right in that number. Like, uh, especially if you're winning, like, uh, right. Jalen gets 20 carries. Najee gets, you know, 11, you know, yeah. if, the, if you run the ball 31 times, if you run it 20, like a Jalen gets 12, Najee gets eight. 
type of situation. Mm-hmm. And Jalen probably makes the most out of those those 12. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like a 60 well, to 40, 65, 35. Yeah. And the other thing is they're, they're throwing the ball a lot. And Jalen's been much more productive as a pass catcher. Like, that's yeah. the other thing you got to think about is, like, Jalen's just been so much more versatile, too. And so that's going to, like, affect his snap count, too, if you can keep him in when, like, just every time Najee's in there, you're expecting him to run. Um, Jalen gives you a bit more of a varied threat. Um, so I think that's just kind of where he could break in more, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's just the best. I I, I just think that that's the best way to go about it this week is to just increase Jalen's snap count pretty significantly without taking away Najee's to, like, a huge degree. Like, if Najee only plays 40% of the offensive snaps, that's, like, okay, you know, because that's still a decent a decent number. I also think that he could help in replacing Chase Claypool, which we're about to get into uh, on top of an offensive coordinator that the Steelers should definitely look at, but I don't think everybody agrees with me on that one. But first, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's... uh... Let's talk about Chase Claypool. You were there yesterday at the at the facility, talked uh, to a lot of people about how the Steelers offense plans to replace Chase Claypool this week. Uh, big slot guy. I think Pat Fryermute's on that list. Steven Sims is on that list. Gunnar Olszewski's on that list. What was the vibe you got there about how they're approaching this week and how they plan to fill the slot position with Chase gone? Yeah, um, there was a lot of confidence, I'd say. Um, I don't think anyone feels like you know, that this offense is doomed um, without Chase Claypool in there. You know, they all, they all liked him. I think um, they thought they knew he was a valuable part of the offense, but there's no kind of uh, defeatism as all, at all. Um, I think guys are really taking this as a as a really big opportunity to, um, to earn themselves some reps and then to kind of uh, just kind of rethink how the offense, offense moves and just, you know, they can do things a little bit differently. Um, you know, we talked to Pat Frymuth a little bit about using um, some like two tight end sets with him and Zach Gentry and uh, and Connor Hayward. Um, that that's an option for them. That's that's something that can you know open up the middle of the field a little bit. Um, something that you know a lot of fans I know at least have uh, have kind of clamored for. Um, then you've also got Steven Sims in there, just kind of an ejection of speed, just a, a different player. Um, I think that that's the big thing is that you're just going to see some different looks and for where the Steelers are at doing something different is not bad as, you know, as much as Chase's trade value was, was valuable to the Steelers, you know, that second round pick is definitely, you know, helpful in the long term. but you know, that also opens up some opportunities for people to either prove themselves or not. And Steven Sims is definitely one of those guys. It's um, he's someone who's, who's made some plays on special teams, but now he's getting a chance to, uh, you know, run some more routes. He told us, um, but still do all kind of the gadgety stuff. Use his speed not only, you know, as a, you know, as a, a route runner and with the ball in his hands, but still do some some gadget stuff like the the motions and the jet sweeps and just put some pressure on the defense and stress them in a different way and just see, um, you know, 
what this offense has kind of lying underneath and behind Chase Claypool or what it had um, behind Chase Claypool. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there was a little bit of excitement too um, just to be able to figure out, um, just, do you know, do something different. You know, there was kind of a, a new – don't want to say new life um, because people were definitely disappointed to not have Chase there, but it was – there's a little bit of excitement just to see see what they've got now and what they can do. Yeah, I, I think Steven Sims is a good is a good option. You and not even like you know, I, I expect a lot of Pat Fryermuth, like you said. Zach Entry, I think, deserves a shot to play more on the line. Uh Connor Hayward has impressed me. But I think Steven Sims, like, you know, all summer long, all we heard constantly was this is Matt Canada's offense. And what we knew from Matt Canada's offense six months ago was a lot of getting the ball in the ball in the playmakers' hands. A lot of using your wide receivers in the running game. A lot of the whole nine. And I think Steven Sims fits that description pretty perfectly. Like he is that gadget, speedy, playmaking slot guy that the Steelers have raved about how they're going to utilize these guys. You know, he's like, a, he's not, he's, he's a Calvin Austin. He's got the same skill set as Calvin Austin. And I think you could utilize that well the way that that it was meant to be utilized, the way that the Steelers have wanted to utilize that, but haven't because they've been stuck on this Chase Claypool is six foot four. We got to put him in the slot notion. I, and I think, I mean, this is a breakout. I think this is a breakout half for Steven Sims. I think they utilize him a lot. I also think Pat Fryermuth is about to put up a thousand receiving yards. And if you have him in fantasy football, start him every week, like every single oh, yeah. week, because He'll catch 10 balls, even if he doesn't score a touchdown. Like if you were in a PPR, that's 10 points, you know, instantly yeah. because he's going to catch that many balls. But I think Steven Sims is a great option for the Steelers. I also think Gunnar Olszewski could be utilized there. And like, if you do need a big body in the middle, put fat Pat Frymuth out there, put Miles Boykin out there. You know what I mean? Use George Pickens in the slot and put, Miles Boykin on the outside. Like there's now options. And I think that you're actually less constrained to, oh, well, we have three guys that all pretty much fit exactly where we need them to fit. And we don't really have anybody to move around because we want those three guys on the football field. That's just, yeah. And I also think Najee Harris could work in there as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like we said, like Jalen Warren's a pass catching threat. Like there's an option too. I think the biggest thing is like, there's a lot, there's kind of a lot on Matt Canada now. Like there's a lot on, you know, we've already thrown kind of a lot on his plate or a lot at his feet, but he's got a real chance to show his creativity and kind of that stuff you talked about. Just um, he has a big chance to experiment and play around with things and try to find something, something valuable in, in this offense that's going to look a little different than, than it was before. Yeah, 100%. Like it's just a good opportunity for the Steelers to test out what many believe will be what the offense looks like next year. But with Steven Sims instead of Calvin Austin, or even with Steven Sims next year, because if Steven Sims plays well, why would you get rid of him? You know, there's no point mm-hmm. in getting rid of him. I have a bunch of little mm-hmm. gadget guys running around, and then George Pickens. Yeah. That's cool with me. Like, that's fun. That's how get I play everyone's eyes on the Get everything. Get everyone's eyes on those motions and all that crap, and then George Pickens can just run straight by someone. Straight by, and then just jump 13 feet in the air and, I'm now with it somehow because that's what he does. Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity. But like you said, it is a lot of pressure on Matt Canada. 
Not that there wasn't already a ton of pressure on Matt Canada, but it's a good test. At bare minimum, it's a good eye test to see if he could actually work with smaller gadget guys and getting the ball in the playmaker's hands like he has preached for two years now and has failed to do miserably. So I'm all about it. The last thing I want to talk about here is Frank Reich getting fired from Indianapolis, sparked a bunch of conversation. My conversation that I have put out there is that the Pittsburgh Steelers should most certainly consider this guy as an offensive coordinator. People have thrown a ton of shade and hate on me, a ton, about how bad the Indianapolis Colts offense was this season and how the downfall of the last two years of the Colts have, you know, left them with nothing and it's it's Frank's fault and maybe it is. I don't know. I'd want to dive into it all. But before we do that, I got to ask a question. The Colts hired Jeff Saturday, which might be the craziest and at this point, without any games played, the worst hire in NFL history. Awful. Like, I do not think it gets any worse than this. A player with zero experience who is coming from ESPN, who has never coached a position in football, let alone the head coach of your team in week 10, and you now have nobody on the coaching staff that has ever called offensive plays before. But you're going to figure it out. I mean, I'm sure that you have a good reaction to that. I want to hear that. But on top of that, when you're done with your reaction, I also want to know, would you hire, if Mike Tomlin got fired today, would you hire Ben Roethlisberger as your head coach and say, yep, this guy, he doesn't have any experience. I'm glad that he doesn't have any experience. Bring him on here. He knows football. Is that what you, well, would that be your thought? I can, I can answer that question right now. A- absolutely not. Like what, what are we talking about? Like, I, I don't know. Like, okay, I could absolutely see bringing in Ben as a position coach. Like, he got a young quarterback. Like, he's been in a similar spot. That makes total. That makes total sense. Like, you can do that. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Handing over the entire keys to an NFL franchise to a guy who's never, like, understand quarterbacks a big position, a lot of responsibility. You're involved with a lot of stuff. I, like, there's a lot more that goes into being an NFL head coach than goes into being an NFL quarterback. Oh gosh. And, yes. Like or an offensive center. I think that we're also like not even yeah we're not even talking about like whether or not Ben Roethlisberger would want this job. Like this seems like the type of thing that he would just get pissed off about so easily. Like he would have to do his first. I don't know. Would it be Ben Tuesdays or whatever? And he would and he would hate every second of it. It would be like, um, like yeah he would hate everything besides just being able to work with like Kenny and the rest of the quarterbacks and tell them what to do. Um, so no, I don't would be bad. Right. And it's, it's again, like he could be a perfectly fine, you know, position coach or something like that. Nurse or an assistant. Like don't, don't hand over the whole, the whole kingdom to a guy who like has no experience and might not want it. The Jeff Saturday thing. That is, this is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And I have not seen one good argument in favor of it. Like, there's the, oh, well, he knows the Colts. Like, no, he doesn't. He played what? for the he Colts. He knows the Colts from 10 like, years, years ago. Right. He, okay, he was an offensive lineman. They really want to improve that, that offensive line. He wants them to coach him up. Hire them, hire him as, as your offensive line coach. Don't hire him as your head coach. How much time is he actually going to be able to spend with the literal offensive line, like working through Zero. whatever issues they have? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's, and then there was just Jim Mersey, like when he was asked, he was just like, well, I just think he's the right man for the job. I'm like, well, uh, 
okay, I, like, can you tell me why he's the right man for the job? Like, I, I have no, like, th- there was no good argument I saw. I, I don't know if you saw a better argument for for Jeff no. Saturday. I didn't see no. one convincing one. The best part of that press conference was Jim Mercer saying, oh, well, I'm glad he doesn't have any experience. I'm like, well, that is the dumbest thing that you could say <laughs> as an owner of a football team. Like, I'm glad this guy has no idea how to coach a football team. Like, it makes me very excited to know that he's coming in here. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to cut a buffalo or something. He's like, I don't know how to, how to carve a buffalo, but I know, I know how to win a football. I know how to build a football organization. And I'm like, bro, you traded for Carson Wentz next year and you just hired Jeff or last year and you just hired Jeff Saturday as your head coach. You clearly are losing it on how to build an NFL team. You're not there anymore, right. buddy. Right. The resume like bad. they haven't I'm like, do you really know how to do that? You haven't won anything since Peyton Manning left. Like since I'm not Peyton Manning really left. sure. Right. Nope. I'm not really sure how much of this was you, man. Um nope. Which yeah. is a perfect argument because everybody's given me slack. Everybody is giving if you have not checked out the YouTube page or the YouTube mm-hmm. comments on my uh to go this morning, it is just everybody calling me an idiot for wanting to hire Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And their argument is, well, the Indianapolis Colts suck this year. That offense is the worst offense in football. All right. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely is. The offensive line is terrible. Jonathan Taylor has been hurt all season long. He suffered the number one pick in fantasy football injury bug, which happens to everybody. Um, Matt Ryan is washed. And you have one wide receiver in Michael Pittman Jr., who's probably a wide receiver two or three. He's like a Chase Claypool in Pittsburgh. That's what he's going to do in Pittsburgh is be a Chase Claypool. On top of that, your defense is iffy. Leonard, uh, I guess his name's Shaquille Leonard now. Not not on the field half the season. It's just, it, like, there's just nothing good about the Indianapolis Colts this year. And I guess that's Frank Reich's. Like, like here's my question to you. If Mike Tomlin got fired today, you're telling me that anybody who's looking for a defensive coordinator should not hire Mike Tomlin because the Pittsburgh Steelers are garbage and their defense stinks this year? Like, is that the argument? Yeah. Like, that's, I, I, I think, I, I like it's, it's apples and oranges a little bit, but I think it's like, I agree with you. It's kind of the same concept. Like, we're going to throw all of these struggles that, that this Colts team has had, this Colts offense has had at the feet of their head coach. Like, he didn't, he didn't hurt Jonathan Taylor. He nope. didn't make the entire line just regress immediately. Like, he didn't, you know, you know, there was refused the to draft a quarterback for four years. Right and trade for Carson Wentz and like, yeah, I I I I don't like we talked about it a little bit before we jumped on, but like the three different quarterbacks in three years, like that's all his fault too. Or, like that. Think about or, think about the Indianapolis Colts during the reign of of Frank Reich. So he showed up in 2017, okay, or 2018, just won a Super Bowl with with the Philadelphia Eagles. Which you know, if you're gonna make a real argument. He took Nick Foles to the freaking Super Bowl, okay, and won it against Tom Brady. Against Tom Brady. He beat Tom Brady with Nick Foles. That's a good offensive coordinator in my eyes. No, he did. He did. I don't care. You know, I don't remember much about that game, so. Yeah, well, everybody else does, especially those in Mm -hmm. Philly. Yeah. He, He beat Tom Brady with Nick Foles at quarterback, which should never happen, ever. So, and that's in 2017. Like, that's really not that long ago. Since then, he shows up in Indianapolis. His quarterback is Jacoby Brissett. 
Jacoby Brissett. And they were like, ah, yeah, this guy's going to be fine. He'll make it work. Like, no, he clearly did not make it work. He was terrible. Then they went to Phillip Rivers. That worked for a year, but that should have been the bridge year. That was the, we should get a quarterback so that they could learn behind Phillip Rivers. Instead, they said, nah, never mind. We're going to do it again because that worked well with Phillip Rivers. And they said, Carson Wentz is the guy. That's He's got more years than Phillip. Let's bring him in there. Carson Wentz is the worst thing to happen to an, any any franchise in the last 10 years. He is the he, he's just the guy that somehow makes it through to every organization on big contracts with dumb trades, and then he stinks. And then he stinks. He is the Matt Canada of NFL organizations in the last five years. So that didn't work. And then they said, all right, well, you know what? Instead of drafting another quarterback, you want to know what we're gonna we're gonna go get Matt Ryan which in my in their defense looked like a great idea, like a great idea, but it didn't work out. And at some point, the whole one quarterback every single year is going to bite you in the butt. Right. That's what happened. He came in here and he had no stability. And somehow his offense stunk. Huh. Wonder why. I wonder right. why. Makes no yep. sense. Using a bridge quarterback for three straight years. Shocking that it doesn't work. Like I can't. Shocking that that doesn't work. And people want to make the, the argument Steelers have their own. Not... Like the Steelers exactly. just did this experiment. Like this is, yeah, exactly. And it didn't work. And it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And if Tom Br- or if Mike Tomlin got fired today, there would be thirty-one teams in the NFL that gave him a phone call for some job or another. I'm not saying that he'd be a head coach everywhere, but at least half of them would offer him their defensive coordinator position, and the other half. If they weren't looking for a head coach, they would easily offer him a position coach and he'd have a job in three days. No doubt about it. You know, mm-hmm. Frank Reich's not going to like leave the NFL. It's not the end of Frank Reich's run in the NFL. He's, he's worked with every position imaginable. He's been an offensive coordinator for five plus years. He's deserved an offensive coordinator job. I just think he's a great fit and he's a veteran. Like he's a guy that could come in here. He's proven that he could develop quarterbacks. He made Carson Wentz look really good in Philadelphia, like a superstar. He was the beginning of what Carson Wentz is now. The Carson Wentz train that has still somehow gained momentum and likely will next year, because if anybody thinks Carson Wentz career is over, they're crazy. Somebody's going to make some dumb decision to trade for him. He started that. He is the cause of, the downfall of his own disaster. He he's the cause of his own downfall. That's what he was because yeah. he started the Carson Wentz greatness train. Yeah, I was gonna say are. he like, yeah, his um that work he did with Carson in Philly is doing a lot of heavy lifting for Carson's career. Oh, it's doing all the heavy. People are still banking on the Carson Wentz that played eight games, and people credit him for taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Well, he was really good that year. He would have won MVP. He played eight games. He played eight games, okay? He wouldn't have won MVP. He played eight games, okay? Mm-hmm. Stop. But that was Frank Reich. So I'll take that any day, any single day, because it's better than what they have now. It's, it's in my opinion, it's a proven guy, and I'm not really right. in the position, and I don't think the Steelers are in a position to say we're going to take a chance on somebody without a track record to try to develop Kenny Pickett. And I just think he 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 hits that box that says, look at I know how to develop quarterbacks. That's what you need right now. You don't need anything else. You don't need a Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. But Sean McVay would be amazing if you knew that you yeah. were going to get a Sean McVay. But if you're going to take an opportunity, if you're going to take a chance and a risk on that, you might as well just get somebody who's proven and say, hey, here's two years. Please develop our quarterback well. 
and yeah. you know, then hopefully you go get another job somewhere. And then we find our Sean McVay, you know, like yeah. plus my I know Mike Tomlin and Mike Tomlin would not work well with a Sean McVay. You know, Sean McVay, a guy like that comes in here and goes, oh, no, we're going to change all this up and we're going to create this new offense. Tomlin would lose his mind. Art Rooney would have a heart attack. It would be a terrible, terrible situation in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So I just think Frank Reich's the move. I'm going to stick with that thought. You know, I don't know if you have a closing argument, but. No, I, I, I feel real good. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And yeah, I mean. If there was if there was someone more obvious out there, the Steelers probably would have would have hired them. You know, like it's nah, and Sean McVay, like again, not, not Sean McVay. Frank Reich doesn't have to be doesn't have to be perfect. Like he just has to. But you've got, like you said, someone proven who's worked with a first round quarterback, who's gotten them to a great spot, and then taken yep. like a also taken like a lesser talent at quarterback and made something really great out of them. But yeah, I I totally that argument makes perfect sense to me. That's what I'm saying. That's he is the perfect fit. And the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to wait it out until the offseason to take a chance on getting him or anybody else, absurd. Absolutely absurd at this point in the year. Like, who cares? Clean house. Get your guy. See if it works. You know, if Kenny takes a step forward, you got to feel real good about that. And, you know, you don't care about the fans' reactions to this point, so don't care about them with the new guy either. That's just how I look at it. But they won't. No changes will happen. They're going to head into the offseason, and we'll see what happens with Matt Canada's contract, but everybody telling me that that's a bad idea. You're wrong because it's a great idea. And I feel even better about it now than I did coming into this. So all you YouTube comments, get out of here. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all Steelers talk. Make sure to find us on youtube.com slash all Steelers talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. Go use our promo code at establishedtitles.com slash all Steelers talk. So we could grow one giant all Steelers talk army or gang yeah. or whatever you want to call it in Scotland with a bunch of trees. We could play hide and seek or something. I don't know. I spy with some trees. Be a really boring game, but we figure it out. I will be back on titles. Friday with Derek. Steven has a midweek report coming out on Thursday on top of our first episode of Steelers draft talk with Derek Bell and Nick Martin. A lot of exciting stuff coming out with our podcast this week. So check out the YouTube page and all the audio pages. Enjoy the rest of your day. 